Welcome to the Jew and Gentile Podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than the sage himself, the one and only Mr. Steve Herzig. How are you, sir? Chris, <laughs> things are unbelievable we're, right now. We've, it's going to be a great show. We've got great guests. Steve, before we get to those guests, though, we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 16. We've got fast news coming up. We're going to be talking about classes uh, that you can participate in in FOI Equip, and then... The Yiddish word of the day. Chris, I got to tell you, there's beauty in this room. There really is. Beauty. Now we have have four people in this room. Actually, we have five people in this room. The four are okay, but the beauty (laughs) is sitting on your left. She doesn't have headphones on. She doesn't want to talk, but she's lighting up the room. She is lighting up the room. Why don't you say hi as loud as you can? Her forehead is shining. Go ahead, say hi. (laughs) <laughs> That's my wife, Karen. Karen's been on the program before, too. Yes, she has. Um, and so, but she is sitting off uh, as our audience today, our marketing, she's the marketing director. Actually, Chris, she's holding the door open because our magnets broke. <laughs> <laughs> she's being useful. That's we got to right. get some air in here. It's like a schwitz. I know. Well, when we add people, I think it's our cooler. Our cooler is throwing off heat. Our refrigerator keep- dash cooler. That's exactly right. Hey, Steve, we have just literally returned from our Friends of Israel staff conference uh, at Sandy Cove in Maryland, and it was a fantastic oh, oh, six days of being together, uh, Friends of Israel uh, representatives from all around the world flew in to Philadelphia to participate in, in a, a family gathering of getting together and, and connecting after six years of being apart. It was wonderful, Chris, and we were trying to get some, you know, they already flew here. We didn't have to spend any money for Jew and the Gentile podcast. We're trying to get somebody. We even offered money. Yep. And all we could get were two Polish guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you introduce the two Polish well, guys well, that are here? I want I want them to introduce themselves. They're kind of shy, Chris. No way. <laughs> they, they are. They I don't know if I should go on. I have an accent. And I said... The seven people that listen, they, they won't care. <laughs> they really right. won't care. The eighth, maybe, but not the seven. The one in heaven was taking a shower uh, before he left for heaven, and he was eating a sandwich. So let's be honest here. They, they, the seven don't care. So let's start over here. Who are you? Well, uh, my name is Timothy Rabinek, and I'm privileged to be here with you, Chris and, and Steve. I'm, I'm a representative for the Friends of Israel in Poland. Where do you live in Poland? Where do I live? I live in Warsaw, so the capital of Poland. Nice. Now say say what you just said. Introduce yourself in Polish. Uh, witam, nazywam się Tymoteusz Rabinek i pochodzę z, uh, z Polski, mieszkam w Warszawie. It sounds much it. more interesting in Poland. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and and who's sitting on your right? Well, let me uh, introduce to you Andrew. Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hello, I'm Andrew uh, Cieśler. I'm from Poland, Krzeszowice, which is uh, very close to Krakow. And um, I'm f- also field representative of FOI. All right, say it in Polish. Cześć, jestem Andrzej. Mieszkam w Krzeszowicach obok Krakowa i również jestem przedstawicielem FOI. Now this is because we have such a huge Polish following too. That's uh, right. We have a oh, lot yeah, of people sure. in Poland. I'm who watching. Love... <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, first of all, I want to start here because I'm going to start with Andrew because Andrew, you and your your wife Sylvia 
Uh, I met you last. What was it? Last June? Uh, October. Oh, it was the, in the fall. Yeah. Um, and you're uh, really good at this, aren't you? I'm already, I'm already going downhill. You're like right on target. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep up. But uh, Andrew, you and Sylvia, you had come to uh, just uh, your new representatives to the Friends of Israel, and we spent some time together. And your wife is now pregnant with twin sons, which we're very excited for you. You have some names already picked out, right? Can you tell the story uh, that Sylvia said uh, for you about naming your sons? Okay, so uh, Sylvia, uh, when we were thinking that it uh, will be one boy, and uh, Sylvia told me, Andrew, pray for the name, and after you pray, just tell me the name. And I was praying. I was praying, and uh, suddenly one name came to my mind, and I said, Eustus. And she looked at me and said, pray again. <laughs> <laughs> pray again. But now you have two names, right? So you did Eustus and Festus. Is that yes. what it was? Oh, and she said, go back and pray one more time. And Festus. <laughs> Eustus, Festus. Uh, no, but uh, she decided to give the name uh, David and Daniel. And Chris encouraged me for the second name. Uh, I mean, uh, in Poland, we give first and second. And there we have surname. And we will give uh, them uh, Chris. That's what I'm talking about. Chris. <laughs> and Steve, would you like to? What? I'll take it. You'll be number four. <laughs> that would be the first time in my life that someone gets named after you. <laughs> right. Usually they say, what's your name? And I tell them, and they say, okay, now we know what we're not going to use. <laughs> That's right. All right, so uh, Andrew and Sylvia are new to the ministry, but Timothy, you have been with Friends of Israel for quite some time. You and I have both graduates of the Institute of Jewish Studies. We're one year apart. That's right. Why don't you talk about how long you've been serving with Friends of Israel? Well, uh, almost 15 years now, so um, quite uh, quite a time, and uh, uh, for for a long time. Yeah. Can you can you share uh I'd like to get right into what's going on in Ukraine. Wait, before and, sure. we do that. No, okay, no, no, no. we have to share this story. It's a it's a great story and all seven of our listeners will be weeping by the time he finishes. Okay. You got to tell your call to the ministry as your father passed. Yes. Yeah. Uh you have to share that. Have sure. To. Sure. Well, you know, I uh I was a child of a pastor. And my father passed when, passed away when I was 18 years old. So uh, obviously this was a very difficult time for, for me and my family. Uh, but uh, God was working in my heart even before that. Uh, so I was saved when, I, when we were together in uh, St. Petersburg. Um, and uh, when, when uh, the time came, the difficult time, uh, God really, really called me to, to ministry to the Jewish people. Uh, in this part of of the world, uh, and I went uh, to United States. I studied there for for five years. Uh, first, it was the Institute of Jewish Studies that Chris talked about, and then I finished uh, uh, BA in uh, in Bible. And I always had in mind that I want to return uh, to Poland uh, and to Eastern Europe because I understood that I need to be to use there. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, since then, uh, God really, really uh, spoke to me, and uh, I understand that this is not a easy work to do, but it's a very important work, and I am privileged to be to be His servant in this part of the world. That's you amazing. really took over. You wanted to take over for your father. Well, uh, yeah, I I I wanted uh, 
to continue this work. Yep. I wanted to continue this work that he started, uh, but I wasn't equipped yet. So uh, understood. But you definitely wanted to continue. I, I, absolutely. absolutely. That is the that is the part. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Yes, that's amazing. And I remember that too from when you had come over and we were just one year apart. Did you continue your studies at uh, at Philadelphia College of Bible or Philadelphia Biblical University? Yes, you yes. did. So uh, you and I were on the same track then. Sure, yeah. sure. And I remember you, Chris. Uh, Boy, how when, could you forget? <laughs> so, <laughs> short guy walking by. That's what so, it is. You know. Uh, you know. It was uh, it was interesting that you also had this 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 story that started there and uh, now we are here in this room and talking and we are in the same uh, ministry so yes Andrew you a have blessing. a story a story <laughs> how did you get here okay you have a heritage you have a background that's very interesting uh, yes yes uh, you know it was for me a big privilege to be on conference and uh, because also I figured it out that I met some of uh, FOI staff uh, 34 <laughs> years ago, when my parents were studying in uh, States. Um, so, uh, and my mother was, uh, and she's still involved in ministry. And uh, that uh, came naturally for me, uh, as I was a part of uh, camps for kids, uh, for Jewish kids. And um, also, I know Timothy for uh, many years, and we also cooperated before I joined FOI uh, in trips to Belarus, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris, you're s sitting in front of two of the bravest people. Uh, well, they're certainly the two bravest of the five here. Yeah. We're, I'm a coward <laughs> by trade. <laughs> when everybody was leaving Ukraine... Uh, and in need of supplies, our own Netiana uh, left, and these two guys, among some other Polish folks, actually went back in. Mm -hmm. And they're unafraid. They're bringing supplies. Uh, why don't you talk to them about that? Yeah, I wanted to talk about your experience of doing ministry during a very difficult time. It, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm imagining that, you know, in all of the years that you've done ministry, uh, Timothy, and that you've been associated with the Friends of Israel, Andrew, I, I'm assuming this is the most um, intense ministry that you've had with war going on as Russia uh, uh, invaded Ukraine. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, we are not brave, uh, for sure. We, we just uh, trust God, really, uh, in that ministry, and... He enables us to do the things that uh, that are needed to do because there is so much need. You know, when you mm -hmm. see people suffering, when you see people that are afraid, uh, you need to help them. It's it's the right thing to do. So uh, we cannot uh, stay in our homes. We cannot uh, just look uh, away. Um, there is a calling. There is uh, a heart. Uh, and when you see uh, the pain and suffering of people, this is a very natural response in, in, in my understanding. And uh, we're just following uh, what... W this is this is the time that God has put us there, uh, you know, for, you know for, for, for a time like this. You know, Chris, hearing, uh, just listening to Timothy, he said, we cannot look away. Yeah. We cannot look away. But that's exactly what the Polish people did. Back in during the Holocaust, yeah, thousands and thousands, if not turning in Jewish people, were looking away, not wanting to deal with it. And to hear if if our Jewish friends could hear him now, we could not look away. 
they're going to get involved. They're not going to uh, drop off. They are going to participate by God's grace. It it should challenge every one of us. One of that, those words we could not look away. And I really appreciate that, Tim. And you know what, too, is thinking about, uh, we were with our CEO, Jim Showers, and and we were talking about the amazing work that the Polish team did and Tetiana in Ukraine. And, um, and do you remember what he said? He said, before we could even begin to devise a plan, you were already in action. Like before, you know, we could get our minds wrapped around what was going on, the Ukrainian team and the Polish team were already moving to help provide relief, spiritual comfort, uh, physical humanitarian aid to those who were suffering suffering in Ukraine. And and Andrew, you actually would drive vans mm. from Poland into Ukraine. Can you share about that? Uh, yes, uh, you know, uh, war changed a lot, um, but what we want to do is remain uh, in touch with uh, our Jewish friends in Ukraine, no matter what. And uh, I will travel to uh, Czerniowce uh, with uh, to, to a synagogue to visit a, a rabbi that I met before the war and um, simply h- to help him whatever he needs. Uh, I will bring some chairs uh, for re- renovation of synagogue and uh, always we are listening to them what they need and mm. we just uh, try to bring these things with us and um, that's it uh, we are open for whatever they need uh, we want to help them you rea- you uh, fixed up a kitchen that was broken mm-hmm. i mean uh, destroyed and you rebuilt it Yes. Uh, for that, a synagogue. Was that what it's for, a synagogue? Yes. Yes, it's a small synagogue. Uh, Tatiana, uh, she's uh, living in Ukraine, so she went to Chernyovce. She organized everything, and it was um, for help. Uh, for her, uh, we are help her and help synagogue. Uh, we do whatever we can uh, to support them. Uh, and uh, I, we bring also a portable gas uh, heater for uh, food, which was uh, crucial during the winter where there was no electricity. And when the heaters are based on electricity, they didn't have uh, hot meals. So it was very helpful for them, uh, especially in Kyiv. Um, so small things. Maybe sometimes we can think of them cheap things. It's not so expensive, but it was very helpful for them that day. You know, Chris, right now, the I just read a CNN report that they're using kamikaze drones. Yeah, The Russians are flying kamikaze drones into buildings, um, into roads to uh, destroy the infrastructure. Uh, it's a it's a very difficult time. Yeah, and I wanted to hear what were the early um, weeks, the early months uh, when it comes to the the war that was going on. What was Poland? How was Poland responding? Because I think people mm-hmm. were even moving into your homes, weren't they? Weren't you welcoming strangers yes, yes. into your home? Yes, it was a, a national response, and I'm I can say that I was quite proud of Polish people at that at that stage of, of the time. 
And uh, we also had in, in our homes, every day somebody else was sleeping in our uh, apartment. So, um, how would they know? Like, how would they go? Be, um, would they just knock on the door? No, how? no, because, you know, they we had contacts with Jewish people all over uh, Ukraine. So they knew us. They know that we are uh, their friends. So they would just contact us and send us a message. I will be crossing the border. And we never knew when exactly they will cross the border because there was huge lines. So sometimes, uh, you know, it was in the middle of the night. So it was quite chaotic, but uh, but you know, uh, the, the, we were like the the first people they could actually call to and send messages, and uh, they were so grateful that that we were there at this moment and they could even like rest for a little bit because in the beginning of the war everybody was so tired they were traveling from all over Ukraine different parts the journey was two days three days something like that so. Even just a bed, you know, where mm -hmm. somebody can rest and there is no, nothing to be afraid of. That was that was something special. I bet that's, that that phrase, uh, nothing to be afraid of. I can only imagine, you know, especially in those early moments of the of the war, to be able to just breathe for a moment must have felt so. Must have felt like a, a relief to them. Oh yes. Um, I want to move for a moment because when when Ukraine before the war. Uh, n what a normal ministry would look like, y you all help manage the farm, as we call it at the Friends of Israel, a very special place to Friends of Israel. Can you talk about the farm and what it means to us and how we're using it for ministry in, in Poland and beyond? Yeah, well, the farm is a, is a place not far from Warsaw, actually. It's a it's like in a, in a countryside. It's a it's a big home. It's like a guest home, which was purchased uh, in the uh, early nineties uh, in Poland, and always had this idea of a place where Jewish people would feel safe in Poland. And really, this has been a facility that was hosting a lot of our camps for children that we organize. Uh, also, uh, holidays with the Bible were. Elderly Jewish people could come and also just just rest uh, and have fellowship together uh, at that place. And uh, it, it, you know, God has been using that for for many many years. And I want to say that uh, the two people that have been really instrumental in this ministry is Gustav and Maria Mushket, who really uh, sacrificed their whole life to just be there. And take care of this whole facility mm -hmm. uh, and made it possible uh, and accessible to people that not need it. And during the war, this also uh, became a very important place where Jewish people would come and they would stay. Um, and then we would uh, transport them to uh, a Jewish agency where they would have all their documents uh, made ready so that they can leave for Israel, for example. Mm -hmm. So it was. So you helped them make Aliyah? Oh, yes. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. Many, many people, uh, you know, they didn't stay in Poland. Uh, I'm talking about Jewish people. They actually, uh, you know, thought, uh, well, Ukraine is at war, so we have to go somewhere. So a lot of them actually went to Israel. Can you share really quick, too, uh, during the conference, our staff conference, you had talked about uh, a story of an individual who had gone through uh, the, one of the children's camps that you run and uh, the impact that camp had on her life. And you kind of just found this out recently. Can you yeah. share about that? Yes. 
Well, it's a story of a child that went to one of our camps. And, you know, uh, at the camps, we see a huge transformation of children. They come from different families. Some are um, believing families, some are not. Uh, But uh, there is a big change of children uh, at the beginning of the the camp. They're different. And at the end of the camp, they're different. So actually, we have parents who who call us and and ask, what did you do to our children? You know, (laughs) but in a positive way. Yeah. (laughs) So they're happy that the children are very, very, you know, uh, nice, and they 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 even clean their the rooms and stuff. That when like you that. said that to the group, uh, the <laughs> hey, kids Chris, go I home. Think, I think you ought to send your kids to <laughs> I was, the camp. I was saying we need to send our yeah, kids come there. Come on, send, send, send. No come back problem. cleaning their room. I no would love problem. that. No problem. And you know, uh, for for many uh, of those situations, when the children return to their hometowns, to their families. We don't sometimes hear what, what happens to those children, but uh, this this one story that I sh- that I shared at the conference was that we went into Belarus and we visited the local synagogue. And when uh, we were there, a lady, uh, an older uh, Jewish lady, just uh, just wanted to really meet us. When she found out what, that we are in the town, and we did not know why. Why did she want to meet us? But anyways, we made a we made an arrangement to actually visit her. And the moment we opened the door, she was hugging us, kissing us, you know, thanking us for everything. And we found out that this 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 family became believers, and they they started attending a local community of uh, of, of the church over there. So it's just uh, and that for all me for me started you know, at that farm. It, it all started at that farm and. Uh, a, a child that that had a, such a big impact on the whole family mm-hmm. we we sometimes don't realize how how powerful god is that he can change through a child a whole family that's amazing it, it is it is something that really touches touches me you know if i think of this child how radical a change it had to be yeah it's amazing you know chris we're giving our seven listeners a chance to just get a little of the blessing we have polish representation here but we had people in Australia and UK and mm-hmm. Canada and Israel listening to everybody every day, uh, all the different South stories. America. Chris, as I sat there, and every, we, every, we have to give our reports. You know, you have to tell everybody what <laughs> you're doing. These are your peers. So we were, like, first. I think we were first. Yeah, I think you're right. And we sounded pretty good. I thought we were Good. Oh yeah, and then we then we hear international and media, and I say, "I'm doing bupkis." <laughs> <laughs> didn't you feel like you were doing bupkis? I I didn't feel like I was doing bupkis, <laughs> but I did. You know, of course, you. I admired what they were doing, but I, I mean, like, I I felt like uh, I I I'd like to think that if something like that happened here, our people would be stepping up to help. I agree, but I, I I agree with you. When you hear the stories of Tetiana and the Polish team and what they did right away, I just go, "We should have just given them the two hundred and ten minutes to talk about 100%. all the various." Well, ministries. I was walking out uh, out of the building this morning, and your wife was there, and I said, "Oh, how's it going?" And it's going good. I said, "Isn't this great?" And I said, "I really appreciated marketing's report. We had a report from marketing," and she said. Oh, yeah, marketing. I know, I did. She said, look, who's going to care about a logo when there's bombs going off in Ukraine? Yep. yep. Which is true. It's true. It, it's But it's still, we're all, the thing that we've learned through this conference is that all of us play 
uh, a strategic role together in helping I advance and Friends I, of Israel. And I want to say this, that, that we are a family and we could not function without you guys. Uh, so we are so thankful for, for everybody who's praying for us, for whoever is supporting uh, the ministry. This is a huge, huge help for us. And we are very thankful for that. You know, I just want to remind our listeners uh, that if they feel compelled to give to the work that you're hearing about, this is just, you know, what we're talking about is just scratching the surface of what the Polish team does and what the Ukrainian team does. Um, Because we even have uh, um, colleagues who are serving in Russia as well. And and so, you know, there's a lot of amazing ministry going on there. And you can go to foi.org, and you can find our ministry outlet section, and our international page will direct you to the work that we're doing internationally and specifically in Poland and Ukraine, uh, and ways that people can not only pray for you, but also ways people can give and financially help your ministry in Poland as well. So I want to make sure our people know if they're interested in supporting the work of Andrew and supporting the work of Tim and others who are serving in Eastern Europe, then I really encourage you to go to foi.org, and there you'll see in our website, you'll find a section on international, and you'll see them there. So I hope that you get a chance to go do that. Chris, before we go on, I know Equip is the sponsor's uh, Jew and Gentile podcast, and you have a course coming up, but before... You talk about that, Timothy. He he's a YouTube oh. maniac. He he. We have a celebrity here. We have beauty. That's your wife supplying that. Hundred percent. But we have a YouTube guru. I'm telling you, Timothy. The tell people the stats on the YouTube page that you started creating just in COVID. I mean, people need to hear this and then maybe yeah. uh, hopefully we'll draw, it'll draw our well, five listeners, our seven, our seven listeners. listeners. We'll add seven. <laughs> we'll add seven subscribers. And we'll work at it. <laughs> Go ahead, Timothy. Well, uh, yeah, I have this channel called uh, Israel, my channel, and you are welcome to say it again. Israel, my channel. Slowly. Israel, my channel. Israel, okay. my channel. Yes. You got to say it seven times. All right. And the reason you got to say it seven times is because, according to statistics, if you say it seven times, people will remember. So you did it three. So you have to say it not all in a row. Just all say right. it as all you're going right. through. As you're going okay. along, okay. remind them. So you got three in. So anyway, everybody remembers the lockdowns, right? We were we were locked. We couldn't go anywhere. And I thought, what can I do? So I started working on uh, some things that I could do. And I'm actually a visual learner. So I like to see things. This is the best way I learn. So I thought it would be neat if I can also teach in this way. So I started exploring this subject and uh, I found this amazing application, this amazing program called Unity Engine. And I started actually making 3D models in it. Of course, it wasn't like instant, but I watched actually YouTube videos to to learn myself. So <laughs> other people le- taught me how to do it. And eventually I had uh, some models that I could do. And I Models was, of what? Models of different stories that I was... Uh, uh, teaching, but I focused on Jerusalem and the temple. Mm-hmm. So I have different models of Jerusalem uh, at different time periods. So from David to Herod, and even after the destruction of the temples of Byzantium, uh, Mamluk Empire, you know, so all those uh, I have. And then um, I use that as a, as a, as a tool uh, where I teach, you know, so that people have an understanding how Jerusalem used to look and how it looks now. So it's a, it's a really neat tool 
And uh, God has been using it in a way that I would never imagine. If he can make a YouTube out of me, you know, a YouTuber out of me, he can do everything, really. Because <laughs> I would never think of that. So, <laughs> so tell people, though, you, you're you using this. It's a and I, I want to paint it right for our listeners sure. and maybe even Steve, I have been I've. I forget where I was. Oh, oh, I was in Jerusalem for the Christian Media Summit, and I'm talking with this gentleman, and I bring up your channel, Israel yeah. My Channel. That's number four. Sure. And so when I bring up Israel My Channel, number five, uh, what happens is this guy goes, oh, I follow that channel. So I'm in Jerusalem with an American, yeah. and he says he loves all the content that you do. And it really, I, I want people to understand, it's really high-detail, 3D graphics. I mean, like, you feel like you're almost... You're walking into Jerusalem when you do this, which is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so Israel, my channel. Uh, six. Six, exactly. So it's I, I did focus a lot of my time on those models. So if you are interested in, you know, seeing the beauty of the temple, understanding how big it was, how important it was, uh, seeing all the gates that led to the temple, um, uh, and, and this can help you also understand many things uh, that you read in the Bible, because there are references of the temple of Jerusalem, the, the places that Jesus walked on. So it gives you a better picture and an understanding how beautiful Jerusalem was in the time of, of Jesus. And so you have how many people have been subscribing uh, to your... Well, uh, there's now over 200,000 subscribers. 200,000 subscribers. And some of your videos so, have more than... A million, a million and a yeah, half views. Yeah, some of them, yes. Uh, and you know, it's it's amazing that uh, people from China even contact me. You know, from Hong Kong, I had a pastor just just se sending me an an email. Can he use some of the renders for his sermon? You amazing. Know? So it's I I'm glad that it's helpful and and people can uh, can enjoy it. You know, we heard from a person in China that was begging the internet to shut off so that they wouldn't watch us. <laughs> <laughs> begging the internet to shut off that's right because he didn't want the jew and the gentile that's right. anywhere around the the in hong kong they're begging him for renderings of the temple and in china they're begging us to shut it down shut that's, it down shut down the whole internet they'll never do it <laughs> that's right uh Tim, i hope that timothy when you get seven more additions to the the, the oh, subscription yeah. subscribers. Oh, yeah. Let us know so that our I, seven. At least you'll know we pitched it. That's right, <laughs> Israel. My channel and my channel are one word. Israel, yes. my channel. And I'm going to tell you something. You won't. Uh, you, you'll you'll know who you're talking to right away or listening to because you'll hear Timothy's voice as it he's narrating. It is high quality. It really high is high quality. All right, so Timothy and Andrew, please stick around. We're going to go into looking at Revelation chapter 16 and. Uh, uh, you two, uh, please chime in on your theological, uh, uh, um, you know, understanding of what we're going to be looking at. They'll upgrade the theology as they come in. A hundred percent. And you could say it in Polish and we just go, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Uh, so Steve, we wrapped up, uh, Revelation chapter 15 and now for a moment, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 16. Yeah, let me read, Chris. I'll start off and then you could finish me off. Uh, how's that? That sounds fine. Uh, we're going into Tsuris here. Uh, mm -hmm. we have had... The seven uh, uh, 
<laughs> do you re- <laughs> what? Do you remember today during this? We wrapped up the staff conference, and Marty Wolf, one of our great colleagues, gets up and he's giving a testimony, <laughs> and he and he starts talking and talking, and I hear him go, "It's nothing but Cirrus," you know. And I look over at you, and you're just laughing and shaking your head. So now, whenever I hear Cirrus, I think of our buddy Chris, Marty. Oh, Wolf. I thought you were going to bring up the samurai swordsman. No, that one. <laughs> that's another joke. We'll have to save. We'll have to save that. That one. was a good one. But we we have seven seals. And the seventh seal led to seven trumpets, Chris, and each one of those, not good. And now we're coming to the seventh trumpet, which blows out the seven vials or the bowls. And that's where we're coming right now. In chapter 15, we talked a little bit about the sign in heaven and the seven angels and the the great song that they sang. And we looked at Moses and the, that song. Uh, Great and marvelous are your works. And this is when God is going to pour out his wrath. Mm -hmm. And it says, And I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and it became loathsome and malignant sore on the people who had the mark of the beast and who worshiped the image. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became blood like that of a dead man, and every living thing in the sea died. Then the third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, Righteous are you who are and who you were, O Holy One, because you judged these things. For they poured out the blood of the saints and prophets and you have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his bowl upon the sun, and it was given it to scorch men with fire. Men were scorched with fierce heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has the power over all these plagues, and they did not repent so as to give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl onto the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became darkened, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. The sixth angel poured out his bowl onto the great river the Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way would be prepared for the kings from the east. Chris. This is bad news. Yeah. But it's kind of good news. It's bad it's bad news. Uh, but that's why I have my finger. It's positioned right in First Thessalonians chapter one, starting in verse nine. And I put it there because I always like to read First Thessalonians one, nine, and ten whenever I think about these passages coming up, because uh we're talking about an event in the future that will happen, but we're also living in a time period of God's patience. And it's patience for a per- there's a purpose to this patience that as many people as possible can come to faith in him. And there's a reason why, because it says this in First Thessalonians 1.10, starting in verse 9. It says, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell, Paul saying uh, to the Thessalonians, they tell how you turn to God from idols. So these are pagans who turn to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to, from the idols that they served. The, to the living and true God, and wait for his Son from heaven, 
whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come, from the coming wrath. And so I always like to put my finger here to remind myself that when I'm reading Revelation chapter 16 and the really, really, really bad news that Cyrus, as you're talking about, the trouble, it's that God is in this moment giving us opportunities to make the Messiah Jesus known, because that's why he came, to rescue us from the coming wrath. Not the wrath that will just be poured out on the cross, but there's also a coming wrath, because look, when Paul writes this, Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's already died. He's already been buried. He already resurrected. He already ascended. And yet it says that this same Jesus, when you put your faith in him, he rescues us from the coming wrath. And that gives me a confidence to move forward to Revelation chapter 16, to know that what we're reading about, if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus, you're not meant for this. It gives us a detail of how God is going to restore all things, but you've not been meant for this wrath to come. But this is why we also share the good, this is why it's called good news, Steve. Remember the, the eternal good news? And so that's why this becomes important. I always put my finger in First Thessalonians No, that's, that's a very good thing, but these bulls of wrath, it's, it's interesting. We've just been discussing war in Ukraine, and I got to say, if you're dying here in the tribulation period, or you're dying in the war in Ukraine, fact is you're dying. But there is a difference between the tribulation that becomes everyone on planet Earth at one time or another. Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But there's a difference between that and what's going on in this text, mm -hmm. because time period. Here we are in the church age, a time of grace, even where there's war that could happen, and it happened. We had World War II, we had uh, the Korean War, we've had all kinds of wars. But this is the time of Jacob's trouble. This is the worst, nothing like it, nothing else will ever happen. And once these bowls are poured out, this is the height of the wrath during this period of time. That's right. And it's a time where God is—I uh, always like to say, you know, when a farmer is is uh, getting ready for a new season, oftentimes that farmer will burn his field in order to prepare for a new season of growth. And that burning is what enables for the field to be cleansed. It provides, you know, the, 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 the ability for a new field to, to grow. And that's what's happening here. And God is pouring his wrath out and he's beginning to show he's been showing us the path we've been he's been warning about this this is what the whole new testament's about warning of this coming wrath and in, in chapter 16 we see the bowls finally being poured out and they're being poured out on the land they're being poured out on people they're being poured out on the sea they're being poured out in 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 fresh water in the rivers and the springs uh, they're uh, the bowls are being poured out uh, on, on a cosmic level on the sun and uh, it scorches people with heat. So again, it hits people with heat. And fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and the kingdom was plunged into darkness. And yet what is amazing, Steve, is that it constantly comes back to this over and over again that the people refuse to repent. The people refuse to repent. And it sounds very similar to the plagues in the Old Testament in Exodus, when Pharaoh refused to relent and repent and turn to God, let the Israelites go, 
there is a uh, the, the idea of the stubborn heart that Paul talks about. Instead of embracing the kindness of God and allowing God's kindness to lead you to repentance, now finally God's wrath has met its time to come, and still with stubbornness they refuse to embrace his grace. They're defiant. They're defiant. And they're defiant because they already made a choice. Chris, it tells us uh, in verse 2, the angel went, poured out his bowl on the earth, and it became loathsome and malignant sore on the people who had the mark of the beast. Remember we talked about that? Mm -hmm. People who refused the mark of the beast, they couldn't buy anything. Women wouldn't be able to supply milk and cookies and food for their kids. They can't buy anything. Mm -hmm. So they went, some of them will go with the beast and be able to get those things until it's time for God's wrath, and then there's no hope. Mm -hmm. And and it's amazing because, uh, you know, next week we can talk more about what happens afterwards, and and, and eventually we're going to be getting into this topic of the of Babylon in Revelation chapter 17. But I also, I don't want to put our Polish friends on the spot. No, let's put them on the spot. Now, How but, do they respond under pressure? I know, I know but I do want to say, if, if you have any words that you'd like to no, add. No, you don't have to say anything, but I bet you have an opinion. Polish people have opinions. Opinions about the tribulation? Opinions about <laughs> Revelation chapter 16. Just the idea of the bowl of wrath being poured out. If there's any if you have any thoughts, I don't you don't you don't have to, but we just didn't want to leave an opportunity. We want to give you an opportunity to speak. Andrew? Timothy. What a Oh that Timothy, he's smart. He's past the buck. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously it's a difficult uh, passage to read, and uh, many people are afraid of it uh, and just don't read it. And uh, it doesn't mean that it is not important. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, um, uh, suffering of other people makes us uncomfortable. Yes. And many people... And you're a man who's... Uh, seriously, yeah. you've seen it. You see it. Yeah. You just saw it last time you probably traveled. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that this is not the reality. There is suffering in the world, and we can see bits of it already. But this, what this passage is is, is explaining, it's going to be far worse. Mm -hmm. So um, we, um, um, this is this is just part of this fallen world, and until uh, it will not be fixed by God, the. It, it, it's a reality. It, it's hard to get our mind wrapped around the idea that this is, I, I like what you said there, Timothy, that this is a part of God fixing the world. I think people have a hard time with that, that, that you know, God does have a desire to redeem what has been broken, but through all of the, all of time, from the Old Testament into the New Testament, as we read through the Scriptures— it's all been telling us about this moment that will happen uh, because of sin and the fact that, as Paul says, we're storing up wrath for ourselves for the day of wrath. That's what he says. Like, with every day that somebody who doesn't believe does something, they're just literally adding another little credit to that wrath bucket, and they're, they keep adding it. And But, you know, what you had mentioned is really important to see that it is a part in, in, in a big way in how God is redeeming um, the world, because it's going to give way to hope. Uh, we were hearing today about how things must get worse before they get better. Um, and uh, so, you know, our, our, it's, it's a difficult concept to get your mind wrapped around suffering in such a, on a, a major level, but it is a part of God's plan for finally taking care of sin 
once and for all. It's dealing, it's actually dealing with the issue of sin um, as he as he uh, pours his wrath out. I have one thing to add. Please. Uh, when I was a kid and I was reading uh, to the Revelation, it was a very interesting book that day for me, but I remember when I read this passage and I was simply terrified mm. how it will be in the future. I, as a kid, I was so terrified. So I went to my father and told him about this. And he said that to me, you know, uh, Andre, it will be terrifying. Yes, it it will be. But the most important thing is, is to trust Jesus and overcome through all of these mm -hmm. things. And that's... That's good. Sometimes it's good to be a little overwhelmed, isn't it? It's good to be a little scared. You know, Chris, what strikes me, I, I didn't have my, because of the, my Bible was packed from the trip. I, so I was I noticing you got a different Bible. So oh, is that from my shelf? Yeah, it's from your shelf. Oh, that's a new American, <laughs> that's my uh, new American that's standard right. Bible. So here's what I like. Three words. They deserve it. Yeah, I noticed oh, that too. They deserve it. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I ever read it that way before. That's in verse six. It says, "For they poured out the blood of the saints and the prophets. You have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. This is retribution to the prophets and the saints who were martyred." Yeah, they got. You know, it's kind of an interesting way to look at he's righteous, he's holy, everything he does is perfect. I'm I'm preempting this. But the text is translated here. They deserve it. They they have continually hit on God's people, his chosen vessels, to bring forth the word and all the persecution. God's pouring out his wrath because of righteous judgment. Mm -hmm. They deserve it. It reminds me of whenever we do Passover seders. Do y'all do the Passover seders for churches in Poland? Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, w when we go through the segment where we uh, we highlight the um, 10 plagues, and, you know, you get to that last, as you're going through the te 10 plagues, you you take some of the wine. grape juice, mm -hmm. the wine, and you put yes. a dot on the plate, and you read through all the various 10 From plagues. From the second cup which is the cup of blessing, they remove a little of the blessing. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. The second cup, the Jewish people, think about it. The second cup is the cup of blessing. We take 10 drops from that because even the people who deserve it, who deserve God's judgment, as we take that second cup, it's not a full cup of blessing because we remember those who are innocent from a human point of view, who had to die, because of Pharaoh. That's not a full cup. Those 10 drops, they remember the suffering of the Egyptians who were innocent. Mm. Oh my goodness, I never knew that. That's amazing. My Haggadah hey, must leave that, that out. That must be one for yeah. me. That's <laughs> I don't get yeah. too many of those. That's I fantastic. That. I didn't know that too. No, that's amazing. really interesting. But I was thinking when you go through and you label them, you know, it's almost, de it's very depressing. You know, it gets more and more. It's Blood, darkness. Frogs, that's right. And you're, vermin, get and you're getting ready bugs. to eat. You know, you're about to eat dinner and you're just like uh, locusts and you're going through. And then the very last one is death to the firstborn. And, you know, I think for anybody, that's just a big pill to swallow to think, 
That's because you were first born. That's exactly. I'd be bupkis. I'd be out of here. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, the reason God actually says that the reason that he would go after the firstborn is because Israel was God's firstborn. And Pharaoh kept poking and prodding and abusing God's firstborn. And so in turn, God would turn and do the same, killing all of it. Uh, God would do the same to Pharaoh's firstborn. And so, you know, it seems very similar here when it says the idea that, you know, God is going to uh, bring judgment because of the way that they deserve it, that the, 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 the martyrs that were, you know, crying out under the altar for justice. And finally, the just God, you are just in these judgments, O Holy One, you who uh, who are and who were, for they have shed the blood on your holy people and your prophets and have given them blood to drink as they deserve. So finally, God's justice, people don't understand, they, they look at the suffering, but it's also God's justice that's being poured out. Amazing. 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 It really is. So we'll come back next week. And we're going to wrap up chapter 16 as we move into chapter 17. Chris, I'm pretty excited now. That's right. We are actually, we're not going to do news like we normally do news. We had zero time to prepare. That's right. Zero. So we're going to do fast news, and we're going to include our Polish friends in fast news, um, are you guys ready? Oh yeah. Okay, yes, so get, get those phones ready. Are you ready? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh <wait a> go. <laughs> okay, so um, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have an English version and a Polish version of fast news, all in two minutes. I'm gonna get us started, and here we go. All right, everybody. Two killed in a fresh Israeli ice airstrike as Islamic Jihad vows to avenge slain leaders. Uh, Steve, this is big because uh, Israel has moved into Gaza to begin to uh, take out the Islamic Jihad. So it's important. And following up on that, Israel stands together in Operation Shield and Arrow, according to Netanyahu. Netanyahu powiedział, że Izrael jest gotowy na wielką wojnę z Iranem. So basically. Netanyahu is saying that Israel is ready for a big war with Iran. Fan, he's a he's perfect. Great. Go ahead, Andrew. Benjamin Netanyahu, król czy złoczyńca? What does that mean? Uh, king or uh, cheater? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ben Netanyahu, king or cheater? All right. Here's the next one. <laughs> He looked at me like I knew what he was talking about. All right. Gaza operation gets broad political support as some trade barbs over Ben Gavir. Lapid Gantz offering backing for Operation Shield and Arrow actions against terrorists. So something to unify the government right now uh, is very important. Israel signals to Hamas, we don't want to escalate in Gaza. Grupa w Izraelu zastanawia się, jaki jest arsenał dżihadu w Izraelu. So basically, it's talking about what is the arsenal of jihad. Okay. I like basically. I do too. Żydowski Hebron przygotowuje się do odbudowy. Something in Hebron, right? Yes. A Jewish Hebron gates ready to rebuild. Okay, I got one more here. How Israel came to the UAE's aid after the 2022 Houthi missile strike. All because of the Abraham Accords and everybody? Uh. 
That is fast news. That oh, was okay. great. You good guys did job. great. Good job. I do like the laughter that took about 20 <laughs> seconds off our two minutes. Oh, King that, or cheater? No, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What did you all think of fast news? I loved it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Here we wait. I just want a quick reminder again. Uh, the Jew and Gentile podcast is sponsored by FOI Equip, and it's your opportunity. Chris, you're teaching a course for Equip. I am. It's your opportunity to learn the Bible from a Jewish perspective, and I'm going to be teaching a course this Thursday night, May 11th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Israel's independence Wait, and their and leaders. who's your first guy? My first guy is going to be Theodore Herzl. There right, he is, right there. Show him and off over here, Steve. I don't, is that? Yeah, there we go. There's Teddy. There's that's right, Theodore. <laughs> there he is, Theodore. You can see him behind me Wait if you're watching you, on YouTube. That's right. If you're watching, you can see Chris hold that chin out, mm -hmm. and you and Theodore are together. That's Just right. the amount of gray to make you look like you know something. That's exactly right. And somehow he has no gray in him. No, oh, a little no, bit. He's got, he's a got bit. like a little snowstorm. That's going right. On he's there. got a little bit there. He was stressed out. You could grow a beard there, Andrew. You know, maybe let it grow out a little bit. Next time I will be in America, I will have a beard. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You can't. No, I can do maybe a mustache. Okay, good. We've got. There's a mustache guy right there, Steve. We could uh, see him right there. Nope. Yeah, there he is, right there. Yeah. I don't even know which one that is. All right, so uh, please join me for my class on FOI Equip, Israel's Independence and Leaders. And, uh, you know, Israel's just celebrated a 75th year anniversary. And I always like to remind people, because as Americans, we look back on our history and, uh, you know, we think of George Washington, we think of Thomas uh, Edi uh, Edison, Thomas <laughs> Jefferson, um, and all of these amazing men, uh, John Adams, who helped uh, found our country, and yet we're hundreds of years removed from them now. But Israel is only 75 years old. There are people that are living in Israel today who were around during Israel's independence. Uh, Shimon Perez, I think, is the last of the founding fathers of Israel, and he just uh, passed away a few years ago. So you have to think about how close Israel still is to that amazing moment when God restored them in 1948 and uh, made them a nation again. And so uh, we're going to be talking about that. Um, again, that's uh, May 11th. It's, uh, it's, uh, you could register by going to foiequip.org. Chris, uh, you remember Thomas Edison because of electricity? Is that the... Uh... <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> I had a, a brain moment uh, there. Hey, that's good. That's I got good. shocked. All right. All right, here we go, everybody. Yiddish word of the day, Yiddish word of the All day. All right, Chris, our Yiddish word of the day comes through Israel. Okay. And the reason is this morning we were giving testimony to what the conference means to us, and Danny Kalisher said he loved the connection. He loved the connection of connecting people from all around the world into the fellowship, rich, joyous, loving fellowship of the Makatenista, the family. And can, can I just say, Danny Kalisher is the grandson of Zvi Kalisher. So if you're a big fan of Israel, my glory, and you read Zvi's articles, this is his grandson, Danny, who's now in, in ministry with Friends and of Israel. And we're giving him the credit for finding us a Yiddish word that I was not familiar with, and you'll know that when I mispronounce it right now. The he, the Yiddish word for connection is farbingdung. <laughs> F-A-R-B-I-N-D-U-N-G, farbingdung. 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 
Farbingdom. This is not a Chinese word of the day. It's a Yiddish word of uh, the day. Okay, Farbingdom. Very good. Farbingdom. Yep. I think this is the same word. I had told you about this word that when uh, when we go up to Brooklyn and we go to 770 and we go to where Rabbi Schneerson used to teach, all the Orthodox would get together and they called it a Farbringdon or Farbringdon or something like that. Well, now we know what it, next time you go up, you say, now I know what Farbingdung is. That's right. It's a connection. They're and it connected. has nothing to do with the fake Messiah. Nothing. <laughs> it's just to gather a connection, a way to feel invited in, accepted, connected. loved, and connected. That's right. And we feel connected to Poland today. That's right. And to your beautiful wife who lit up the room, held the door open so that we could get some air in this. It's like a schwitz in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It is like a schwitz. Karen, thank you for holding the door open and being an amazing marketing director. Yes. Uh, uh, Poland, thank you so Closing much, Timothy and Andrew. Thank Anything you guys. to say? Well, it was a pleasure. I didn't know it's that fun. <laughs> to be... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, tell everybody really quick before we go off, because we were eating before we got started, yeah. and you had said something like, there's no way that you can combine the Bible, something serious, and something fun together. How does oh, that no, happen? Oh, no, that was Anna. That oh, that was, was Anna, Anna that said that. that. You, can't, that said you that. can't laugh and then do something from the Bible. Uh, you can't do it. In Poland. In Poland. In Poland. Yes, okay, we're Poland. in America. Yes, yeah. We're in America. Okay, well, listen, we love combining the Bible and making it fun and being serious at the same time and we're very emotional people here Steve oh uh, it's rough <laughs> we learned something about ourselves at the staff conference you and I are high eyes that means with the high I and the high D and we did our disc test we found out you and Turn I are... it out it becomes an ID and you have to show who you are that's right exactly so anyway we are so glad that you could join us on the Jew and Gentile podcast be sure to go to foiequip.org register for my class get a part uh, uh, be a part of what's going on with the Friends of Israel. Connect with us. We would love to see look you. Look up Thomas Edison. And look up Tom Thomas Jefferson. Anyway, we'll see you all next week. We'll see you. <laughs>